Welcome to this edition of MC Talks. Today we speak to Mark Frazier, Senior Vice President of Research Programs at the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. Mark co-manages a team of research professionals who are developing a targeted and innovative agenda for accelerating research and drug development for Parkinson's disease. Mark also supports the Foundation's priority interest in developing biomarkers for Parkinson's disease that will accelerate clinical trials of new drugs. In this interview, Mark discusses a recent paper from the Michael J. Fox Foundation published in Personalised Medicine and looks ahead to the future of precision medicine for Parkinson's disease. So we recently featured the editorial, Parkinson's Disease is Ready for Precision Medicine, which received a lot of attention. Please, could you give us a brief overview of the article? Sure. So Parkinson's disease is a heterogeneous disorder, um, and patients vary um, in their symptoms and their severity and the progression of the disease. So this variability um, creates um, some challenges in developing new therapies, um, but we're learning a lot more about the biology that's underlying the these symptoms and that's causing these uh, this variability in symptoms. And so what this article lays out is that the opportunity to um, combine our understanding about the biology of Parkinson's disease with the, our understanding about the clinical symptoms um, to really take a more precise and personalized approach to Parkinson's disease and treating Parkinson's disease. Um, this has been done um, to um, success in oncology and um, developing more targeted therapeutic therapeutics for cancer. Um, and what our article and editorial lays out is a, a roadmap for how uh, the research community at large, and specifically the Parkinson's research, Parkinson's research community, um, can really uh, develop more precise and personalized approaches uh, to treating Parkinson's disease. Great. So what are the main barriers to be overcome before precision medicine for Parkinson's disease can become a reality? Well, I think there are several barriers. Um, one is just having um, real objective biological markers of the disease. This is a, a critical barrier. Currently, the way Parkinson's is diagnosed um, and uh, new treatments are developed are all based on these clinical outcome measures, which, as I said, are very variable and different from patient to patient. So if we had more objective markers like a blood test or a spinal fluid test um, that would be coupled with the clinical outcome measures, this would be a major improvement um, towards developing more precise uh, precision medicine for PD. Uh, I think another challenge is just having an engaged and mobilized um, patient participation and patient um, group in participating as partners in this effort to, to really help us understand um, the biological and clinical features of Parkinson's disease and volunteer for clinical studies that will get us to more uh, precision medicine. Um, and then and finally, I would just say that um, data sharing and openness to data sharing from the research community, um, both academic and industry researchers, would really accelerate the pace of discovery and replication. So that it continues to be a barrier. We're, we're making a lot of progress in that area, um, but um, we could all do more data sharing as a community. Mm. So you've touched on this, but what are the, the key steps that um, the Michael J. Fox Foundation are taking to overcome some of these hurdles? 
Sure. Well, we have our flagship biomarker study called the Parkinson's Progression Marker Initiative, PBMI for short. Um, and this is one of the major steps to overcoming these barriers in that it is collecting a really rich and deep and comprehensive data set on individuals um, that have Parkinson's disease, um, volunteer controls, as well as individuals that are at risk for developing Parkinson's disease based on certain features and genetic mutations. Um, and this is this study is collecting uh, clinical measures, um, a lot of biospecimens, blood and spinal fluid, as well as neuroimaging outcome measures over uh, over a long uh, three to five year period. So this comprehensive data set is really um, one of the um, only in its kind in having this deep data set um, on Parkinson's disease and Parkinson's progression. Um, and then the additional feature is that we're making all of that data available um, in real time to the research community so anyone can download the data um, to for the purposes of biomarker discovery and validation. Um, so this is one of the major steps that we've um, put forth to overcome this, um, this issue of lack of um, objective markers and data sharing. We're also working on some other initiatives um, to enable and encourage other data sharing efforts from um, closed clinical studies that have um, already been run, um, but the data may be housed on university servers or company servers, and we're working on an infrastructure to um, support the sharing of those data sets that can be mined for uh, new biomarker discovery. And then finally, we are working closely um, with the patient community to educate them on the need for biomarkers, mobilize, um, encourage them to volunteer um, to really help us build the tools um, for the biomarker discovery effort. Great. So really to follow on from that, in the paper, you highlight the importance of collaboration in reaching a precision medicine approach for Parkinson's. How do you envisage that this can be implemented across sectors, for example, academia, industry, pharma, and publishing? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I think there is a sea change afoot just across the entire medical uh, research enterprise and community um, to encourage data sharing. Um, Vice President Biden has um, had a big push recently in the cancer field to encourage data sharing across different sectors. Um, and it's already happening in Parkinson's disease and to some degree. So the PPMI study I mentioned is uh, a study that has 19 industry partners and it's taking place at 33 academic clinical sites all over the world. Um, and these data, as I mentioned, are shared in real time. So this is fostering a spirit of um, data sharing and acknowledging the fact that no one researcher, no one company, and no one um, institution is going to um, be sufficient to develop um, more precision medicine approaches, more um, objective biomarkers. So I think this culture is shifting. Um, there's still more work to do, um, but but um, I'm seeing a real um, acceptance and acknowledgement in the in the community um, that this is a, a critical um, and necessary activity to share more data if we're going to make more progress in developing new treatments. Mm, it's really good to see an increase in this collaboration and sharing. 
So one of the key areas of research that you suggest will take us towards this precision approach is biomarker validation. What's the current state of the field of, bio, of uh, Parkinson's biomarkers? Sure. Well, there's um, biomarkers that are in various stages of development from early discovery all the way to validation and acceptance as a useful biomarker. And so, um, happily, there's different markers along each stage. I think I wish there were more. It was more populated. But um, the furthest along is an imaging agent that's um, used to understand whether there are dopamine decreases in the the brain. This is a, a, a scan called DATScan. And that's that's been validated and accepted um, really to confirm a diagnosis and confirm that there is lower dopamine in the brain of someone that is suspected to have Parkinson's disease. It's not perfect. It's a relatively crude marker, um, but it is useful early in the disease uh, process to confirm a diagnosis and um, potentially to be used in clinical trials um, to to confirm individuals that have dopamine deficits and enroll them in the trials. Um, there are more um, biologic markers that are in development, for example, um, a protein called alpha-synuclein that is central to um, the development and cause of Parkinson's disease. Um, we can measure the protein in spinal fluid and in blood, um, and there are assays and way, you know, measurements to detect this protein that are pretty well accepted. Those, I would say, are in the research phase um, and require a little bit more standardization and validation, um, but they are kind of moving along, marching along the process towards validation. Um, and then there are more discovery efforts that are profiling um, DNA and RNA to really uncover new biomarkers in Parkinson's disease. Um, and in general, what the Fox Foundation is doing, the, the approach we take is to foster through consortia um, this validation effort. So it's really important um, when a discovery is made to quickly replicate it in different labs and confirm that the measurement can be made in multiple different groups. Um, it's important for the discovery process um, to be made in one lab, but that replication process often can take time. Um, and by building these consortia and and what we call kind of round-robin um, approaches, we can quickly implement a validation effort in, through multiple groups, both academic and industry group, to really say whether a biomarker is useful and can be, and the data can be replicated. Mm. So, in your opinion, what's the most exciting research currently going on in the area of Parkinson's biomarkers, and more broadly in the field of personalized medicine for Parkinson's disease? Yeah, this is a great question, and, and it's hard to answer because there's a lot of exciting things going on. But I would say we are at this inflection point where we have two waves of research crashing into each other. Um, there's the um, genetic research that has uncovered a lot of genetic targets um, that are causing Parkinson's disease, and this has led to the development of new treatments going after those targets and new biomarkers to measure those targets like alpha-synuclein I mentioned. Um, and there are 
treatments in various stages of development um, for for Parkinson's against those targets. Um, and then the second wave is this technology wave where um, new and and bigger um, information, information and technology um, has produced the ability to collect a large amount of data. So this can be from um, things like wearable devices, wearable sensors to track the symptoms of Parkinson's disease on a watch or on a leg um, 24-7 to really understand the changes that are occurring over time in Parkinson's disease. Um, but also some of the molecular technologies that profile that can do whole genome sequencing and RNA sequencing and some of the proteomic profiling approaches where um, this technolo technological development has allowed us to really profile Parkinson's disease at a molecular level, at a clinical level. Um, and that coupled with some of these genetic uh, discoveries that are um, marching through the, the clinical pipeline is a really exciting um, area of research and has produced the tsunami of biomarker discovery and validation. Great. It's an exciting time in Parkinson's research. Yeah. So finally, where do you hope that the field of precision medicine for Parkinson's and other neurological diseases will be in five to ten years' time? So this is a tough question. It's always tough for scientists to try to predict and see into the future. But I think it's realistic for in five to ten years to envision uh, a scenario where um, clinical trials and potentially new treatments would be targeted based on both clinical features and the molecular features that are underlying Parkinson's disease. So this could be using a blood test coupled with a clinical assessment and based on that, um, treatment strategies would be guided to a particular path. Um, and enrollment in clinical trials would be based on certain key molecular features along with the clinical features. So I think it's realistic that there will be, in 10 years, more targeted therapies that for some people we will know that one drug might work better um, than for others. And so there will be a stratification that neurologists will um, go through based on these different um, diagnostic and clinical features. Thank you for listening to this NC Talks podcast from Neurology Central. For more podcasts, as well as to read exclusive interviews, journal articles, and news, visit www.neurology-central.com.